0: Welcome along to 98 and out. On today's podcast, uh, Debbie Knight is joining us, Debbie. For those of you who don't know, uh, and if you don't, where have you been for the last 20 years, hiding under a rock? Uh, Debbie is the blogger of 365 Sporting Days. Today we're going to be talking about what's going on in rugby and should alarm bells be ringing. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, spread the word. Let's get into it. Debbie, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. for back, Fully back in the rugby season, obviously, and the Rugby League World Cup to add into that as well.
0: How many World Cups are going on at the moment? I'm losing well, count.
1: The Women's Rugby World Cup is on at the moment. England have beaten France 7-13 this morning, which is a fantastic win, actually. That gives them, I think, now 27 straight wins in a row. Which is pretty remarkable. Um, and the rugby league world cup starts in Newcastle today. Um, England are playing Samoa, I think. Yeah. And then of course the football world cup's around the corner, isn't it?
0: And the and the cricket T twenty World Cup is oh, around the course, corner. Of course, cricket T
1: well. twenty, yeah. So yeah. So much going on.
0: There's lots going on. Um, so let's start off by talking about um Goings on, As you say, it is rugby season and the cricket season officially is finished in this country, but um, things do not stop turning in the background. And what I wanted to just talk about was some of the disturbing news that's coming out of the world of rugby union uh, recently, um, and particularly in regards to the happenings at Worcester and Wasps and what this could potentially mean for cricket. So if you could just start off by just telling us, for those that don't know, um, what has happened at Wasps and Worcester?
1: So Worcester and Wasps are, have had two quite different situations going on. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, Worcester were actually suspended from the premiership. Um, they have got themselves into a lot of debt and owe money to the HMRC, Um It seems the situation at Worcester would would appear that they've had some new owners come in in fairly recent times. And it looks to me as if they have come in to asset strip the place. Um, And as is often the way it is, it will be the HMRC that finishes organisations off. Um, They went to court for a winding up order, I think a week, two weeks ago. Worcester, the Worcester people didn't even send anybody along. So that happened. Um, so Worcester have been suspended from for, expelled for at least two years from Premiership Rugby. Um, I'll perhaps come back to what how Premiership Rugby exists once we've spoken about Wasps. So Wasps moved from High Wycombe to Coventry um, a number of years ago now, and I do know that at that time. Had they not made that move, they'd have gone under then. They'd been playing in High Wycombe Stadium, which meant that they earned no money from their match day. That money all went towards the football club. Um, I happened to sit at a dinner with with the owner, Derek Richardson, in the weeks before they moved um, and saw him at the last game at High Wycombe. And he was terribly distressed because it was move or die at that time. But I think that was just putting on hold the inevitable, because what Wasps did, they moved into the Midlands in Coventry, where there was an existing lower league rugby team, Coventry, and also they were in a line with obviously Worcester to one side, Leicester and Northampton Saints. So if you like, they were they they also went into a stadium that Coventry City, the football club, had wanted to be playing at, and they got the, the football club got moved out which caused a lot of hate within the area and then wasps went about trying to attract fans into their team in an area that was slightly overrun with rugby clubs already um they 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 have been in their time one of the most successful teams in the premiership you know they were the first to do the european and um, domestic double um they've produced pet players like lawrence DeLalio. um But what they couldn't produce was a crowd to fill that stadium. Um, And at some stage, they put out a £35 million bond um, with a good interest rate. They failed to pay that bond back when it should have been paid back a while back. And they've reached another deadline and they still can't pay that bond back. And they, too, owe £2 million in taxes this time to the HMRC. Um, So it looks as if they're going to go. They put out an intent to go into administration, but it looks like it's going to happen. Because if you think something's going to go into administration, why would you pay top dollar for their assets? So at the moment, they are suspended for two games, and it looks as if they are going to go the same way as Worcester. So it puts what was a thirteen-team Premiership down to eleven. Um, you know, and it—if you look at a team like Leicester Tigers, they their next two home games were against Worcester and Wasps.
0: so they're going to lose.
1: And well, close to a million pounds they reckon. Wow. Um, yeah, in that time. So it has a knock-on effect to the rest of the Premiership now. Unlike cricket at the moment, that the Premiership, each club owns what's called a P share, so they are owners within that framework. So you know, pe- people are criticising the RFU, but PRL is a company that's owned by those by each uh, each of those clubs. Now that presume that P share is presumably an asset. That can go into the administration pot for each of these two clubs, but I, you know, I who knows what's going to happen to the game? It's worrying throughout. You know, I'm I hate to say it as an avid rugby union and an avid cricket fan, both are minority sports in this country.
0: Yeah, that's why I think this is worth discussion because a <clears throat> um, couple of questions I want to ask. So, in rugby, this uh, the, in in the Premiership, are the clubs still clubs? Um, in the in the way that counties are still clubs, or are they franchises? To use that horrible word,
1: I wouldn't call them franchises, um, but they're not members' clubs. So I so I have a Saracen season ticket, but that and actually I'm on the Saracens forum, so I have a I have a more of a voice than some people might have but I have no rights as a Saracen season ticket holder. You know, they are run as businesses. So of the 11 left now, the majority of them have relied on a rich benefactor. Um, Yeah, they have. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Just to that point,
0: is that something that maybe counties in cricket should be looking at is getting away from member owned which kind of aligns them with you know clubs at club level uh, and should be run more as businesses with uh boards of um, appointed directors as opposed to committees and the such like
1: I think they probably should be more of a business like model um you know I I'm an Essex and a Surrey member and... well, I was going to
0: say Surrey I now seem to be setting the benchmark and how clubs should be successfully run
1: yeah you know they they have a wonderful asset there, don't they? You know, but I I go I, I would I hate to say it, but it's been a disappointing season of cricket counter cricket for me this year. I've not enjoyed it as much as I as I have in the part in past years, you know, and I go and sit amongst my fellow members and out come the sandwiches. then out comes the flask and then maybe the four beers they've been allowed to bring in so you could have a life member of a cricket club that spends no money in that club for 25 years because they're you know they they don't they don't spend a penny once they're yeah, through yeah. that club. and I, I can't see how that's sustainable
0: well that's often the criticism leveled back because these people tend to be quite vocal these same people that don't um contribute for want of a better word to the club um and they're the ones that you know, rail against, I mean, the reason T20 came along and the reason T20 is now a lifeblood to counties is because Mm. it's financially, um, you know, it brought in a different crowd. It's not to everyone's cup of tea. I know a lot of people don't like T20. They think it's like a big stag night. But for the clubs, uh, particularly Essex, it's a huge part of their balance sheet now because matches are sold out. People come and do all of the things. I mean, no one brings a picnic basket to a T20 night. You know, everyone comes oh. and, and buys a hot dog or a burger. They drink lots of beer um, and buy replica shirts and silly hats and all the rest of it, which is kind of what make things makes things tick over. Um, so, and and I guess the extension of that, and I don't really want to talk about the hundreds today, but I mean the hundreds is another way of trying to bring in new people that understand and get the model that come in and spend money um and i think we've talked about this before on the program that um maybe the ecb are playing a long game here that waiting for that older generation of life members to kind of move on and people uh, of, of a younger demograph uh, start to become more attuned to a cricket uh, a cricket audience
1: i think i think so. it's interesting i had a, i had a bit of a conversation on a leicester tigers fans group yesterday and I think there's an innate snobbery around both games yeah you know so for example you know there were there were two there were two two other people in the in the particular thread I was talking in you know and they were talking about rule changes well there are laws in rugby union not rules and and, and you know we were talking three of us rugby fans so I you know and I I I want them to be called laws because that's what they are but actually is that a bit of snobbery from me there yeah. around the game, because actually, it, and you know, if we look at cricket, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, I love T20. I think it's great fun. I really enjoy it. I, I, lo- I haven't overly loved the county cricket this year, but but I usually, because the wickets have not been the best at Essex, but I usually do. Um, is it is it, is some of this innate snobbery, what's actually going to end up really damaging this game? You know, I found the, Fighting, if you like, on social media to be absolutely awful over the last couple of years around cricket. You know, I think it's been divisive, and you know, it's almost. I mean, I'm not a cricket fan because I will. I haven't actually managed to get to hundred game yet, but I'm not a proper cricket fan because I think it's okay. Yeah. You know, so so are, are we? We've got to bring new young people. You know, and I, I go to my rugby club, and there are not many young people there. You know, what? because as, whether we like it or not, football is king in this country. It is, you know, and you go to a West Ham match, which is where I might tend to go, you know, and, and the game gets a lot of criticism. But, you know, there's nothing like bubbles being sung at now the London, London Stadium. Rugby and cricket clubs would dream of that sort of crowd. But, you know, how do we get them? I don't know.
0: I really should take you to Sellers Park. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I haven't been there since I was a teenager. I don't think.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable atmosphere. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's what cricket needs to do, and cricket does need to basically um, find its audience. It struggles because of the whole innate thing. You talk to any, you know, your man in the street about cricket, and the the knee jerk response is elitist. You know, the whole thing that's played in private schools and the people that play it, and you know, the the perception of lords. Um which you can argue about but 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 this, this whole sort of um, elitist thing and I think rugby kind of falls into the same category but for both of them I think they have they do have their audiences you know not everyone's a football fan, not everyone's uh, you know wants to stand and, and and seeing bubbles or glad all over whatever. Um, but it's a way of doing this. Now we've got this uh, Andrew Strauss high performance review that's going on as well at the moment and that seems to be causing equal division we seem to be in this climate these days of everything being binary you're for or against and not, and you can't persuade anyone that they they're, they're right or wrong uh, or actually what you do is you just shout at everyone that they I'm right you're wrong that seems to be the the, the atmosphere yeah. but yeah. i'm interested in um the structure of rugby so you've got a premiership and then you've got a championship now the the high performance review is calling for a top uh, a division 1 if you like and then two leagues that Conferences that basically pyramid into that is that to me that seems over complicating it should we just have and uh, maybe this suits their agenda of um having a tighter top league uh, and dare I say featuring the eight biggest counties the test venues with maybe one or two others thrown in uh which I'd include Essex and then you have a lower division uh with prom- just straight promotion and relegation I mean should that really be the way forward in cricket
1: well, I think an, an interesting fact factor for me is there. You know, we're talking our eighteen counties. It's a heck of a lot more counties than eighteen in this yeah. in the England purview, aren't they? You know, they're. What about you know if you live in Lincolnshire or Norfolk or Cornwall? Yeah, should there not be an opportunity? I mean, you know, in, looking in rugby, one of the most successful type teams in recent years has been Exeter Chiefs, who came from the lower tier. You know, if, if there hadn't been that possibility for them, we wouldn't have an Exeter Chiefs who have won the European competition, who have won the Premiership. You know, Bristol Bears not having the great season so far this year, but that they came from that lower championship.
0: Um, that's a good, that's a good um, example. So, I mean, I, I don't go to rugby on the, on the scale that you do, but um, the last game I went to was, was down at Sandy Park uh, to see Exeter Chiefs take on um, Worcester. And I was happily surprised by a full stadium. I mean the atmosphere was great, friendly, everyone involved, um, lots of people buying merch buying beer and food at the ground. Yeah. Uh, it, it does show that if you strike, you know, um, as you say, that was that wasn't one of the fashionable um no. rugby venues before, but um they were they were absolutely all over it and, and a big crowd I mean I don't know what the numbers were, but it's it's not a small stadium there, is it? Um and it was picked no, it up. Cheap-
1: it's not a cheap stadium to go to either, actually. No. Um, you know, I, I think we have this, you know, we we naturally want, we think about our county first, don't we? You know, I mean, I, I've i got my Essex shirt here on my wall in my new home. That's my team. I want to see them playing the best cricket that's possibly available to them. But, you know, you you look at, some of the, you know, look at less. Uh, sorry, Leicestershire, but you, you know, you look at Leicestershire this year. They didn't win a game. I mean, how how must you feel if you're Cornwall, as you say, or Norfolk? Well, hang on a minute. You know what what's going on here. These guys guys can keep being mediocre, and that is mediocre, isn't it?
0: Mm. But
1: we're never going to get a chance to actually get ourselves up into that. That that. There's a feeling if that doesn't feel quite right, does it really in sports? How, how did
0: it happen in rugby that someone like Exeter managed to break the glass ceiling?
1: Because they got promotion from the championship. Um, now, there is this P share situation. So, I, I, so, I, so I, I'm not, in, they must have bought a P share from somebody at some stage. And they do have a rich benefactor. A guy called Tony Rowe, much hated by Saracen's fans <laughs> I, I, I don't whatever really um so they 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 will have a p share, but it you know as I say look at look at them, look at Bristol Bears, two teams that came from below. you know, there had been a, a bit like football really so often, the team that goes down is the one that then comes up the next year, but no, those two teams in particular. I mean, I mean, if you think that Exeter's good, you want to go to Bristol. They fill their stadium. They have a fantastic crowd, you know, and, and it's passionate and it's friendly. And you know, Saracens' first game back in the Premiership was at Bristol, and it, it was a it was a lovely evening. You know, we we Saracens won. There are some grounds where it would have been quite nasty, that, but you know, it that team wouldn't be around without this relegation situation and I know we have that in with our two divisions at the moment but then you've got the team that might not win a game for three years
0: yeah I'm just wondering if maybe you put a trap door you have the division one in in cricket I'm talking about you have promotion and relegation to division two but what you also have is relegation from division two to open the door for I mean they're not called minor counties anymore but you know what I mean yeah. Um, the Suffolk's, the Norfolk's, the Cornwall's, the Devon's. I mean, cricket is played all across the country.
1: Yes, it is. And, you know, and aren't they entitled? Why are they not entitled to see a better standard of cricket? You know, so so if we if we look at, I mean, Somerset fans are are particularly vocal, aren't they? But you know, what what about the two counties that sit below you there? You know, would it not be quite nice for them to have some sort of of a more professional setup? Mm. So. Uh, It's it's an an uncomfortable thought to have less in the way of county cricket. But, you know, I I sat at Essex um, one of the first games of the season and I can't remember who it was against. but And it was a game that was going to be a draw, um, but it was a glorious day and Sir Alistair Cook was batting and the ground was pretty much empty. You know, why wouldn't you go and watch Sir Alistair Cook batting?
0: It was on a Sunday as well, wasn't it?
1: It was a Sunday. That yes, wasn't it wasn't a work day. No, it wasn't a work day. Yeah. So it's, just, so it's well and good to moan about this, but then you go and you go and watch a game. Well, where are the people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was there that day, actually. I know, it's funny you talk about these uh, crusty old members. I was actually sat next to a member who had a big bag of sweets and she wouldn't give me one of them. Um,
1: so
0: <laughs> can't remember who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so I think there's lots to be paying attention to, lots of lessons to be learned, and lots of warning signals, alarm bells should be ringing if you are an administrator in the world of cricket. But I think you know from from this this, this chat that we've had, there are solutions to be had, quite easy wins, and I think this uh, promotion relegation and accessibility to some of the smaller counties really could be a, a way to getting things fixed and making i mean the whole thing is about being more accessible well the, the, i think from what you're saying is that that audience is there it just needs to be tapped in the way that rugby have done
1: yes you know as as you say where, where do you watch i mean i i know um you know at essex we get people come down on the train don't we from suffolk and norfolk yeah. but you know there, there are cricket there are cricket fans all around the country um and perhaps if they think they're their county's got a bit more of a chance. I don't cuz you want to see your team winning and doing well, don't you?
0: Yeah. You know, and you I, want to see them locking horns with some of the bigger names and the bigger sides. Yeah. Um you
1: know, you know. want to you want to go and see I I probably shouldn't say the, the name Joe Root because I know that's very um <laughs> that's a tender name as far as Yorkshire fans are concerned with that last match. But you know, you you want to go and see your people pitting themselves against the best. Yeah, that's so, right. You know this, and this idea about the test grounds should. You know what? Well, one of the teams from the test grounds has just been relegated. Mm. Yeah, and another one has been. I know Nottinghamshire are coming up, but they've not been the best, have they, over recent years? Right. So I don't think it necessarily big ground equals best cricket team. I mean, Essex have punched above their weight for years. Essex,
0: Somerset, I mean. yeah, you're right. Yeah. And there's nothing actually more depressing than going to watch a county game in a test ground. Oh. With- maybe just a hundred people there and you just yeah. feel like it's in a great big cavern uh yeah. Deb, thanks for your time today um really Thank interesting you. chat and uh, always yeah. enjoy uh talking to you about cricket and rugby on this occasion i know an excuse um but there was a there was a valid one this time um go well and i'm sure we'll see you back on the podcast very very soon Thanks for listening to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast app to make sure you see the new episode each week as it appears in your feed. And if you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us introduce the show to even more people. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.